for a lot of people in our anxiety-ridden age, this is like calming to them. You know what I mean? This is she like, got shaving cream on her hands and she's rubbing a microphone. Yeah, but like if you just dropped in out of nowhere and didn't know anything about the community and just looked at it, you'd be like, "What is even happening?" That is exactly what is happening to me right now. You're now listening to the Stream and Allison and Partners podcast. Welcome to the Stream Podcast. My name is Owen Clark. Joining me live in the San Francisco studio, he's got those Bob Ross emotes on lock. He's Micah Barrow. What's up? So, Micah, in our first podcast episode, we talked about legacy media, right? Newspapers, television. And for this episode, we want to go to the other end of the spectrum and talk about one of the fastest growing forms of new media, and that's the streaming service Twitch. And in the interest of full disclosure, we should probably mention Twitch just sort of fascinates both of us, right? But I guess what what kind of got you interested in Twitch? I'm actually just kind of like a passive Twitch user. Like I don't typically have it up all the time or I'm not using it as much as some other people that I know. But uh, there's like very specific people that I'm interested in following. So if they're streaming, then I'll follow them. And maybe if the Twitch was around like 10 years ago when I was way more into video games, I'd probably be on it more. I come from a slightly different perspective. To me, Twitch is sort of like the Matrix. Like I literally had no idea it existed (laughs) and what was happening. And then uh, Mark, who you'll hear later on this podcast, uh, we were traveling in San Diego and he, I was like, what are you doing? Because he was on his phone. And he started beginning to explain Twitch to me. And it was like someone was speaking Latin. Like it just made no sense. But then I started looking around. It was like I was picking up signs of it everywhere. Like you'd see people with like the Twitch hoodie on Bart. I'm looking over the guy next to me. He's watching somebody playing a video game. And what we wanted to do with this podcast a little bit is give a primer to people who've never heard of Twitch. And then also go a little deeper for those who are aware and wondering, where is this thing going? Oh, and as you might have gathered from our intro, uh, Twitch isn't just about video games. There's a lot of other interesting things that's happening on the platform that you'll hear about later in the episode. So let's do it. Sounds good. Before we sort of officially get started, I guess I'm just interested, is your beat basically games? Like, how did you get into the video game uh, journalism business? Uh, yeah, so I've I've always been a gamer my whole life, and I sort of just fell into this. I did stand-up comedy in a past life, and my editor was a guy who also did stand-up comedy, and I had a journalism degree and knew a lot about video games. This is Stephen A. Sarge. He writes for Newsweek. So when people hear what you do for a living... Do you get people asking you just sort of at parties and stuff, hey, what's this Twitch thing I've heard about? Yeah, I mean, I don't usually hang out with old people at parties, but uh, <laughs> sometimes it does come up. I've, I've explained Twitch many, many times to people. It's, it's odd to, to think about live streaming as, as an idea. Why would you watch someone play video games? Isn't that stupid? Like, that's, you just play them yourself. That's, that's how it is. But, you know, the, the thing is, it's an entirely different world than just you watching people play video games. It's, it's a community. You become friends with these streamers. These are people you watch every night. You understand them entirely. It's, it's a whole new world that people are just starting to get a grasp of. Talk about how it connects to this sort of Justin TV idea. It wasn't like someone set out to make Twitch, right? It was sort of an unintended consequence. Oh, yeah. So uh, there were two guys, uh, Justin and Emmett Shear who had an idea to start a reality show uh, about their lives. So uh, they set up cameras around this dude's apartment, and they just streamed it online 24-7. And shockingly, no one really cared uh, to watch a guy's life. It's, it was pretty boring. But what they happened to create 
was a live streaming platform that allowed people to chat in real time while also showing their uh, footage to uh, potential fans. Uh, originally, the Twitch uh, originally when it was Justin TV, it was just rehosted like sports games and like not not really a hell of a lot of stuff. But what picked up traction early was the gaming coverage. People would uh, live stream themselves. There weren't any webcams, really microphones at that time, just playing video games, and it picked off very quickly. And when uh, Justin TV decided to rebrand itself to Twitch, it decided to focus entirely on the gaming side of things. And it sort of moved out from there. The, the, I guess the moment that really brought it into the mainstream would be when uh, Ninja, the, uh, the biggest, most successful Fortnite streamer, played with Drake. Uh, when, when that happened, the, the mainstream sort of really caught notice of it. And it's, it's sort of just blown up from there. And so these streamers themselves are sort of celebrities in their own right, right? I mean, they, they, people watch both for the game, but also for the personality of the person hosting the stream. Yes. You are watching someone because you relate to them. So I have a streamer I watch. Uh, his, his name is Benny Fitz. He streams to maybe like 20, 30 people a night. He's a puppet. He has a webcam on a puppet, and he shows himself just as a puppet. And when you ask him, he's like, I'm not a puppet. I don't know what you're talking about. He really lives and breathes the character. You start to know Benny Fitz. You start to understand the games he likes. You start to understand why he's getting angry at certain things he is. Even though he's a puppet, to you, he's a real person because it's the personality created and like shown on camera. Yeah, that's one of the sort of aha moments that's happened to me when people explain Twitch. Watching people play video games is maybe a concept that some people can't really get behind, but sort of watching these personalities and people you appreciate is, I mean, again, I listen to a lot of sports talk radio or something that's on in the background where I feel like I'm getting to know that person. And so you get, do you think that's pulling on some of the same strings for people who, who watch Twitch or, or stream Twitch? A hundred percent. Think of it a lot like how people used to watch Howard Stern. There were people who would have, you know, feel like Howard Stern is their best friend. They listen to him every day in the morning. But Howard Stern has no idea who these people are. It creates a very weird dichotomy and relationship between the pair, but it's still there. People watch Twitch streamers because they, they want to feel connected to something bigger than themselves. All right, Mike. So I, I think I'm following. It's not just about the games themselves. It's really about this online community. Thing. That's right. That's right. All right. Well, let's talk to a member of that community uh, this is Mark Doretti. You'll remember we mentioned him in the intro. So how much would you say you consume Twitch versus traditional television? Like in an average week, how much does Mark spend watching Twitch versus watching broadcast TV? Yeah, I don't watch, I don't watch broadcast TV. And if I go home, and I, I pretty much have Twitch up all the time. So it'll even be up on my TV. I stream it from my TV while I'm home, like cooking or whatever. It's just on. You get sucked in to these people and their characters and what they're doing. And you want to tune in every day. You become a viewer for that channel. And uh, you even wear, could wear gear, T-shirts. You're representing your friends and, like, this community. So you were playing video games your whole life, pretty yeah. much, right? Yeah. And then at one point, you started watching your friends play video games live in person. When did you move on to watching other people play games that you weren't you know, physically with? So what happened was I, I played World of Warcraft like crazy, which a lot of people did. We got sucked in. Right, And all of us, we had communities on there, and we would just play and play and play and play. And the only way to see other people doing what you were doing 
or to learn from is they would make movies of themselves. They would record their screen and they would take the screen and they would put it on YouTube and you'd watch the movies on YouTube and you'd be like, whoa, like this guy is awesome. And I can't wait for him to come out with another movie. So they would come out with series of movies, uh, episode one, episode two, episode three. And then when the live streaming thing happened, it was like, well, I could just watch this person in the moment and ask them questions live while they're playing. So that was like an aha moment when you were like, wow, I'm not just watching this guy, but all of a sudden I can what, type in a query and he'll tell me like where my jewels are on the next level or whatever exactly. you were giving him. It was like, uh, you know, I remember playing Star Fox 64 on the Nintendo 64 back in the day. And we would call my friend's cousin who lived in New York to ask him a question about a level. And he'd be like, oh, no, you know, you got to go here in the lava monster and you got to shoot its left hand. But now you just you just watch someone play and ask him a question. And then the whole community responds. If you have 20,000 people who've played the game before and they're sitting in a chat, you could figure out anything you want. See, that all makes sense to me, I guess. Like the tips on how to beat a game all feels like a natural evolution of the video gaming experience. You're not getting tips from your favorite streamer every single day, right? It's more from a, like a game tip thing to just being someone you hang out with. Yeah, you, you obviously can't get tips from this person all day unless it's a smaller streamer. But these bigger streamers, they're activities are happening throughout the day that you're watching that are just pure entertainment you're just like this is hilarious or like this scenario i can't believe this scenario happened and i'm gonna i'm gonna take a clip of this scenario and send it to all my friends and say go watch this guy right now like i can't believe this just happened it's hilarious or like it was a really good play or something like he'll be narrating himself he'll be like running on a level and he'll make like a joke about an orc he blasted or something and then they'll uh... yeah all of a sudden there'll be like a flaming inferno of like a car like flying over a cliff and like he gets three kills because the car explodes and like you know it's it, it, it's awesome I just love your choice of terminology and items jewels orcs, orcs. yeah right yeah those are real great I love that type of it's stuff it's all based on sort of like Zelda on the original Nintendo sort of my understanding of the like the environments you're, you're playing in so I think kind of Mark one thing I also kind of wanted to talk to you about too um, are the memes Twitch memes Twitch memes because when you look at Twitch and you go into a chat there is a bunch of language acronyms references images that are specific to the Twitch community and if you you know kind of went in there cold and you saw some of the stuff you wouldn't understand necessarily what those is so so could you tell us a little bit more about you know what are the memes how do you think they proliferate what catches fire and do you ever see it bleed into you know real life so twitch lets you have emotes right so uh while you're in chat you can type an emote and then a lot of memes have turned into emotes so an emote is like a graphic a graphic that pops up on the screen so one of like the funniest ones, like the original ones, is like the Kappa face, right? And it's like sarcasm, and it's like this guy's face, and he's like obviously giving like this sarcastic. Like if you've said something sarcastic, or then you put the Kappa face after, and it like everyone like gets it. And there'll be a lot of like, can I get some Kappas in the chat? And there's like a lot of Kappas. Can I get some Kappas? Can I get some Kappas in the chat? So in this case, it's like a dude with a beard in a black and white room. It looks kind of like a like a dungeon. And he's Very playing dangerous. Donkey Kong. Playing Do- Donkey Kong. And then on the right, a bunch of, like some guy just typed in 50 Canadian flags. Yep. What does that mean in Twitch? Is it like good I job, mean, eh? He might be from Canada. <laughs> and so it's literally just like emoji language that's happening in the right. A lot of emoji language happens because um, each emoji, you can basically type out your feelings with all these emojis because they mean so much. And, and is the goal to get him to respond potentially 
to it? Like, will he answer what people are saying? Or If they ask him a question, he'll probably answer. But right now, they're almost cheering on his play. So he's trying to break a record right now. It looks like the world record for speedrunning this game, beating it as fast as possible. And all these people are hyped. So it's almost like watching a sport right now. <laughs> yeah, sh- sure it is. It's exactly the same. Um, <laughs> this is one of my favorite guys. What's his name? His name's Asmongold. So this is him he's, talking to his audience. He's legit like a hoarder. And his room is like filthy. And it's like a running joke in the chat that like someone will donate $1,000 to tell him to clean his room. And then he'll do it. So you're getting to know these people as like people, you know, more than just gamers, but like their actual lives a little bit. If you were to hang out with the people that you watch on a daily basis on this stream in real life, it would be pretty much exactly the same as you hanging out with them. Because I've gone to these things. I've gone to like TwitchCon and hung out with streamers. And it's like your your friends. You know each other. They know your name in the chat. They know you. They're like, you're the dude who did the nine Drake emojis the other day to, yeah. to shout out my thing. Okay. Yeah. Um, and how many is how many followers is that? Is that four hundred and ninety thousand? Four hundred thirty k followers on this guy. And so what does that mean? That means a follower people... is like someone who wants to know when your stream goes live. So it's basically like a it's not a subscriber, it's a follower. Subscribers are they give you five dollars a month a subscriber. So, so we need to unpack that for a minute. Yeah. So describe what the subscription process is. You can subscribe to your favorite streamer for five dollars a month, or with Twitch Prime. Amazon Prime, if you have an Amazon Prime account, you can subscribe for free once a month for $5, and they get $5. When you subscribe, you get their specific emojis to use in the chat for the streamer. So if you like your favorite streamer, it's almost like you want to support them by giving them the $5. Exactly. So like even right now, I've started streaming on like a really low, low-end level, and like my buddies want to give me a sub. Like, they want to give me the $5 just to, like, support me, but they, they can't yet because I'm not, like, high up enough. But, like, that's, like, the goal. Maybe after like, this podcast. Yeah, yeah, maybe we're blowing up after this. Okay, so, Mike, we got to pause again because this was another one of those things that just floored me when I learned about it, which was the subscription and, and the business model for Twitch. We talked about in the last episode about the struggles traditional media has with their business model. And you have New York Times, you know, offering you know, four ninety nine, five ninety nine subscriptions, really trying to get people to understand the paid model, and even everyone like freaking out when Netflix raises their monthly fee by like a dollar, and then you have Twitch, which is something people can get for free, and yet they're choosing voluntarily to give money. Like it was just, it was just shocking to me. Yeah, well, I think that kind of really it just goes back to two things. One is just that feeling of community. And being a part of something that's bigger than themselves. And also, when you're giving money to your favorite streamer on Twitch, you have the impression that they're getting like all of this cash and you're paying them directly as opposed to giving money to some uh, media conglomerate that owns their their image or something like that. You're actually giving it right to the streamer. So I think that's why people are you know, a little bit more willing to go ahead and support the people that they connect with. And we found out that if you look deeper, a lot of that money doesn't it doesn't all go directly to the streamer. But no, I think you're right. Not. I think that's the concept. We both work in the content production industry. And so this idea, sort of the democratization of content, that if you're a young up-and-coming person who wants to, to be on screen, rather than taking the traditional television route like I tried to do when I was in my 20s, you just start your own Twitch stream, build your own following and kind of like cut out the middleman. It's a really interesting vision for where content is headed. Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of the trend that we're seeing is that a lot of this now, it hands all of the power to the creator, right? 
There's no studio. They just all they have to do is really stay within these guidelines, and then they create anything they want, whatever character they want, whoever they want to be. And we should mention this isn't like just a grassroots organization. I mean, Twitch was bought by Amazon for nine hundred and seventy million dollars. They don't just do that to support you know young up and coming talented artists. They obviously saw the value in this, and this is actually one of, from one of Stephen's articles. Three hundred and fifty-five million minutes watched and two million streamers in twenty seventeen. I mean, you start thinking about if even a fraction of those people are giving money every time they watch a stream, you have streamers who are making millions of dollars. Literally millions. That's more than the highest paid reporter in a local network for the most part. I mean, unless you're one of the top, top people at Good Morning America, no one's making those kind of dollars. And you have a guy named Ninja sitting in his house raking in these cash. It's just a fascinating vision for the future and obviously something that big brands want to take advantage of. And so that was another question we wanted to, to bring up with Steven. What do you think the sort of mainstream or those big companies are, are thinking about Twitch? I mean, when you have something like this, it's got this huge user growth. It's got people voluntarily paying money for the content. It's sort of like the holy grail for a lot of traditional media companies that they, they haven't been able to crack. They haven't been able to come up with a model that gets people both engaged and they actively want to pay for. Um, do you see this going to a more people copying this or, or how does this relate to the larger media industry? Well, we've already had a few copycats. Microsoft has Mixer. Uh, there was a website called the Zubu that also attempted to capitalize on the live stream thing that had a lot of venture capitalist fund backers, but didn't work out in the end. Uh, it's just that Twitch has the monopoly on the idea. Uh, there really hasn't been a company that's been able to, because Twitch has the talent. And what do you see about some of the other, I mean, video games are obviously sort of the core demographic or the core use case, but there's also this IRL idea and other, there's other channels. Like where else are they branching out to in terms of different like verticals? If you will? Yeah. So Twitch has a, a Twitch has uh, constantly been trying to branch out outside of the gaming space. They have, as you mentioned, IRL, which meant, which means in real life. Those are people just walking around with their webcams, basically pointing them at the real world. It creates uh, a sort of for, – for people that might be social introverts or who just want to you know, go to Japan and may not have the money or able to, they can join a streamer alongside a trip. They can talk to them through chat. They can feel a part of their world. Um, there's creative – uh, which Twitch uh, recently announced are rebranding into a bunch of different uh, things. But creative is just people, you know, painting, uh, making models, uh, doing stuff that might not be considered gaming, you know, physical fitness, yoga, anything that's, you know, considered content. Because people like to watch things. My my favorite weird little subsect of, of Twitch and YouTube is a thing called mukbang. Mukbang is people watching each other eat. That's it. There's nothing there more. It's just people watching each other eat food, and it's gathered a gigantic audience. And if you're thinking, huh, that, that's a little different, um, that's just the beginning. Back to our conversation with Mark. Do you think, like, a lot of people do? <laughs> a lot of people are just going to this because, like, it's available. You laugh because Mark changed the Twitch channel to a girl in a cat outfit playing with a... What, what, what is happening? So this is... ASMR, Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response. So essentially, do you know you when like somebody comes up to you and you're kind of not expecting it and then they'll like whisper in your ear and then you get chill? Like, happens all, all the time. Yeah, that's essentially what they're trying to do. And that's why there's like literally, this person has ears and like people will listen to this and like try to get that response. And for a lot of people in our anxiety ridden age, this is like calming to them. You know what I mean? This is she like- She got shaving cream on her hands and she's rubbing a microphone. Yeah. 
But like, if you just dropped in out of nowhere and didn't know anything about the community and just looked at it, you'd be like, "What is even happening?" That is exactly what is happening to me right now. I do not under I I did not know again this was a thing. Um, why not just get one of those white noise machines or something? People get this because they receive a sense of intimacy from people that they feel like they're missing, and that is actually like a really big driver in a lot of these. Is people almost feel. Like you have friendships, like kind of Mark mentioned it earlier, you'll meet people in a stream or you'll watch them for a while and then you'll meet them in real life. And the way that they interact there on the stream and how you hang out with them, there's not too much of a delta in terms of the difference of how these people act. So I think that's what a lot of people get. And I think specifically for ASMR, you know, they get that feeling of intimacy and like connection with people by having people rub shaving cream over ear shaped microphones. All right, Owen, so after all of this, after everything you've learned, what is, what is your view on Twitch now? I mean, I made this point a couple times, but I understand the desire to be part of something larger. I understand the idea to hang out sort of with your friends virtually. And I even understand the point of it just constantly being updating. I think the fact that we don't watch as much like live television at the same time has lost that sense of community. Like everyone used to sit down to watch mash together and we've sort of lost that when everyone dvrs and binge watches and all that sort of stuff not gonna lie don't get the food watching or the funny sounds or any of that stuff but you know it just can't be something for everybody so maybe when twitch gets that you know mba inside basketball stream you'll you'll find me on there but i'd say i support where it's going you haven't made me a user yet got it actually i think you bring up a really good point because a lot of media is trying to look at why aren't people watching live TV anymore? We have so many options as in terms of what we can watch and what we can DVR and what's on demand for us now. Twitch, it's one of the few things that aren't on demand and you have to catch it live. I mean, you can catch them after for the most part because a lot of people might upload their stream or do something, but they don't have to. So if you want to be a part of the energy of that community, you have to be there live or else it's not the same. And you can't throw those emotes up in there, right? You're not part of the conversation. <laughs> you can't. So uh, it won't work out. Well, Anyway, so hopefully that was informative and interesting. Yeah, thanks for joining us. And if you want to give us feedback or if there's a topic you want us to cover, please send us an email at streampod at allisonpr.com. Bye.